0: And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 339. I am your host, Blaine Putvey, and I'm joined by a guest host this evening, David Landsman. Welcome
1: back to the show. Thanks for having me, Blaine. Really appreciate you having me back. Yeah,
0: it's been a little while. A minute, two. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you're in as a guest host. Uh, Treg is dealing with his whatever he's got to deal with, you know, he's getting posted, he's moving, he's getting promoted. You know, poor guy. I know. Um, Matt's working nights, so damn you, Air Force.
1: You're, done, you're dealing with this schmuck for the night. Sorry. <laughs> there you go, folks. Don't blame me. Blame Dave. Always blame Dave. It's always the safe yeah. bet.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that's what your wife does. Yes. Facts. <laughs> yes. Facts. So we're coming to you, we're recording live after the game where the Canadians supposedly played against the Red Wings. Uh, I only saw Red Wings jerseys uh, flying around out there. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, you know what, honestly, uh, I would expect a bit of a tighter match, but then again, we are playing as a little Val Rocket now. Our injuries are so depleting, it's it's gone too much so
0: uh, it's beyond rocket now we're at the uh the montreal Lyon.
1: yeah that's true actually good point we are the triple a Lyon. we have gone yep. that so i was looking at the beginning of the game they were posting about how many man games lost yeah. and it was at five five eighty five or something like that like the number was ridiculous there's a 50th point spread between them and the next team under them it reminding me it was of columbus Yeah, exactly. It reminded me of the nineties Habs when they kept saying the man games lost for the Habs, man games lost for the Habs. Yeah, PTSD.
0: Well, I mean, the last two years for the Canadians, they've set records. It's it's been ridiculous.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like you'd think, like you know, you're like all excited to go to tonight's game, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, RHP or Rafael R.V. Pinard, who's been one of the brightest spots since being called up from Laval, he's out and he's hurt. Oh yeah. You know, like, and then uh, who else? I think there was another defenseman who scratched last second. Well, oh, Savard,
0: off. and uh, now they call up Shuneman.
1: Yeah, Shuneman, as I call him. And Jake Allen's out also. So it was like, okay, Caden Primo, how do you feel like playing tonight?
0: All by yourself is probably sure. how he felt.
1: Yeah. yeah. The average age of the defenseman on the HABs lineup tonight was probably illegal in the United States to drink. Just saying.
0: And it's only that high because of Matheson.
1: Yes. Yes, it's true. He brought it up from 19 to 20.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, Don't get me wrong. I think the Canadians rookie defensemen have done a pretty good job, all things considered, all year long. But tonight's game was just, how do I say this nicely? Putrid. Putrid
1: yeah oh no it summed up honestly the first half of the season we knew they were like struggling yeah. and then the injuries started piling up and then it was just like getting from bad to worse to embarrassing to like i just want to change the channel i'll watch something much more interesting on like you know cnn and i pardon me but i don't like politics so i was like it, it's kind of really disappointing to watch the haps game this year
0: yeah and i would have changed the news as well but that's Pretty disappointing. I hear there's stuff going on all over the place. I'd rather just uh hide within sports, even if it's a bad game like this one. Now, it was a stinker. There's no doubt it was a stinker. But throughout the season, I think we can count on one hand the st- maybe two games: the Florida game where they lost nine five, and this one.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, well, well, also Saturday night's game. Honestly, against Carolina. I was just pleased when the Habs got their 15th shot on net 29 minutes into tonight's game. Good point. You know, like, I mean, when I was looking at the box score, I was at work on Saturday night, so I wasn't watching the game, but I was just keeping track on the box score. I was hoping that my phone would light up and say Habs goal score, but it just never happened. So now they're back-to-back shutout losses. You know, last game against Carolina on Saturday, they were shot 50-14. to Yes, Carolina is a phenomenal team, but Really? And then Detroit tonight. I mean, Detroit's even worse. Like, they're not in the playoffs again. I don't know. I'm mean, a lost. They're record. not
0: exactly. Uh, yeah. Detroit's not exactly Carolina.
1: No, no, no. There's a big parallel there. You know, I mean, a big parallel. No, intersection there. I guess perpendicular. There they're you go. Perpendicular. Yes. Yeah. The crash course. There you go. <laughs> it's. Uh, but uh, no, I mean it was like it was it was fun to see also that the sixty percent of the goals, like yeah, three of the goals tonight for the Habs uh, for the R- Red Wings were scored by Quebecers. Yeah, I mean like David Paichall, forget it. Like he's always going to come back and haunt Montreal. And if if ever he becomes a free agent again, we know he's just never going to come to Montreal. He's just going to go to St. Louis for the nineteenth time. Probably. <laughs> so and Probably. then Delano, the kid. In one of his first games against Montreal, his hometown team, he scores a goal. I, was like, I don't know, it's just upsetting. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's not like the it you watch the game and it feels like they got completely outplayed at every aspect. But you look at this the actual underlying numbers of the game, and it's not that bad, oddly enough. I mean the Canadians they were just behind Detroit with the puck possession. Uh, I'm looking at it now on Natural Stat Trick. The Red Wings only had a 52% uh, Corsi 4, which is fairly uh, fairly even.
1: Yeah, when you think of it long term, yeah, throw a 60 minute game. But yeah. I don't know. It just it seemed like the defense showed their youth. But like I mean, like you touched on it before. You said that like their youth this year has been great. It's true. I will not deny yeah. that. You know, the pride of, like, having Kaden Gooley step up. And then Mike Matheson, when coming back from injury, has been probably the best blue liner of the team. Arbor Jackeye, mm-hmm. who has been, like, not necessarily always offensive, but he has been. But he also has been that physical presence that the Habs need for such a young and also small team. The Habs issue has always been a small team. Mm-hmm. He, he brings, the, like, brings the physical presence that we need. Because Edmondson is big, he's tall, but he's not physical. In that in that context, he's a bit older now. He's like, you know, he's all he's all, he's twenty nine. He's old.
0: Well, he uses his size to force players to go into specific lanes. When he's at his best, he's got that active stick. He places it properly, and he guides players away from the center of the ice. He's not out there allowing guys into the boards, but he's using his size to manage the attacking forward size. He can take on that extra little bit, but tonight he wasn't really there. I mean, Detroit had way too many open lanes and they were completely unmolested going into the, into the middle of the ice. I would be, I honestly, I would be shocked to find out that any Detroit forward at all had even a bruise on them after tonight.
1: Oh, without a doubt. You know, like that's the thing is that, when the Canadians are young, they're soft. And I'm not saying this in a mean, demeaning way, but like, you know, you don't see Cole Caulfield as much as I love the guy throwing around with big hits. You know, partly due to his size, but also he's not one to throw around his biz body to try and damage it. But also, right now, I feel that also all the young core that are playing for the Habs right now also don't want bru- to them- bruise themselves because some of them can still go down to Laval. Yeah, and Laval Rocket are in the playoff race right now, so maybe they're trying to avoid getting injured. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking into that like way too far in advance.
0: Uh, I I don't think it's that per se. I mean, you 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 brought it up a little earlier. Uh, Jack Eye, Ghoulie, these are these are rookies, but they're the physical defensive types. They're the ones that would uh, push guys through a brick wall. those kinds of defensemen and and, but they're highly mobile and they they have some offensive instincts now matheson is that prototype of the new nhl defenseman and he put up a ton of minutes again tonight and he's been consistent with his with his performances which high you know high level performance but the youth that is still with the team that hasn't been broken in some way um, they lack that consistency, and that's to be expected.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of, like, in a way, I kind of feel bad for them. Like, the kids like Justin Barron, Jordan Harris, yeah. they didn't really get much of a go. You know, like, these are players that, like, honestly, before this year, I was kind of like, who? You know, like, there's a lot of times where you see, like, a player like King Gooley, obviously, WHL Player of the Year, like, the whole Howley touted and everything, but there's a lot of players that usually... They're called up at the end of the year to start getting a few games in. So we get a little bit of a taste. Like Schweneman, Schweneman, I knew who he was. We knew who he was because he played with the Habs last year. At the end of the year, they slotted him into the lineup to try and get some NHL experience to see if he's NHL ready. He wasn't. He went to the valve. He was called up because we were short of defense. But at least we knew who he was. Justin Barron, Jordan Harris, these kids... No disrespect to them; they're great at what they're doing. They're trying their best with a team that's depleted, but like they weren't ever called up to play a game or two. It was like this year we just saw our defense core was nothing. We needed some defense who we were ready, and we're like, okay, well, you're gonna start the NHL the season in the NHL. Go, like, just do your best.
0: And honestly, up until a couple, uh, well, with the with the exception of a couple games overall, they've done fairly well, but I'm looking at the, I'm continuing to look at these stats and the Canadians gave up 20 scoring chances and only got 10, even though they were only, they only got outshot 34 to 10, uh, 31, they gave up 20 scoring chances in those 34 shots. So I feel really, really bad for Primo who got called up for an injury call up to be given a little bit more playing time but was basically left out to dry.
1: Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, that's the thing is that with with Primo's go with the Canadians, he's he's been having a rough go. Like a lot of people say that Primo is the goalie of the future. I personally don't know because of the fact that he has not gotten enough opportunities because he's been with the house for now a few years, but he's only played like this was his 21st career game, you know, and like, I think that is, I think.
0: Or even less the last couple seasons, yeah,
1: yeah. But it's like he's the kind of guy who, yes, if your goalie gets injured, you just slot him in. But I thought this year, honestly, he was going to get the chance over Montenbo. But then Montenbo surprised me. I surprised a lot of people, you know. So I don't know. I, I think it, it begs to differ. Who is this new goalie of the future? And then they go out and sign Yakub Dobes. Dobes, that kid. Dobesh. Dobesh, There you go. He's he's yeah he's. Slovakian, I believe, Czech? Czech. So, you know, like, that's another sign of, like, who is the future for the Habs and
0: Well, I mean, Jakub did have a couple of excellent seasons in the NCAA, just like Primo had before he signed his pro deal. And Dobesh is going to get a couple of games in the AHL because he signed that PTO for Laval. Um, So he'll get a look there. I wouldn't put too much uh, weight on his shoulders just yet because I feel like that's what they kind of did. They over-pressured Primo and that's kind of slowed him down a little. I, st- I still have a lot of hope that he'll become an NHL goaltender, but I think the first season and a half of his development was kind of crushed because he sat on the bench for a long period of time. He was in that taxi squad and he missed a lot of playing time, especially in the AHL where he really needed to apprentice a little bit more and now he's called up. He's played fairly well in a couple of the games that he's had. And I know his numbers in tonight's game is going to look bad, but when you give up 20 scoring chances out of 34 shots and out of those 20, 10 of those are high danger chances. You're not putting him in a good spot to succeed.
1: Yeah. Well, like you were, t- we were talking about it, about it off air right before we start recording, but it just seems like, you know, it wasn't his fault tonight. No. You know, like honestly, he did not have any support around him. And, you know, like I mean, I mean I just remember Peron's goal, like, you know, the perfect feed from Ali Mata right to his stick. Like right to Peron's stick, right on the tap in. You know, like he was taken out to dry. Then like the Peron's first goal, when he was sprung on the breakaway, is like, where's the defense, bruh? Like, you know. <laughs> He was just sprung loose, and like Peron's not getting any younger, but he's still showing that he can be a force. You know, I don't know. And he's... Uh, I feel bad for Primo. You know, like, this was not his fault. This was not his game. It's great that he's getting the chances, but it's just like, again, it's end of the year. We're sliding him in because we have to.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, he still has aspects of his game that he needs to work on. I found that he was a little tentative in... And- challenging the shooters like he it's as if he wasn't sure if he should or shouldn't and when he did it was the timing was a little off or he didn't come out far enough but when you look at the heat map of the shots for the Red Wings it is a dark dark color right next to the goal and every single one of the goals were scored within four feet and not a single one of them were even touched by a defenseman
1: Well, like, I don't, like, I mean, I said, like, I I didn't watch much of the game. I watched the highlights and the goals afterwards. But, like, Matt Luff's goal. Matt Luff is not a goal scorer by any means, clearly. But, like, he found a loose puck. And, like, there was, like, people scrambling around him and just, like, shot a top (laughs) cheese. But there was no one covering him. And it was just, like, he just put the the (laughs) puck, brought the puck a little bit back and then flicked it and boom. Or, like, Lucas Raymond, the first goal of the game... Raymond <laughs> was surrounded by the entire Habs roster. All five of them around him, and he just he sniped stick it. Stick length. Oh my god! It was re- like I'm like, how, how like, and and
0: that was the goal that was the furthest out tonight.
1: Yeah, Raymond's well, goal right was right the one that was off.
0: the furthest out.
1: Yeah, as he walked in, like right past the three right, off circles, he was surrounded by cornered by one player on one shoulder, two other players, the wingers on the other sides. And then the, like well, I guess the defense on the on the outside. And he just sniped it and Primo just like looked like like taking aback like shocked. like what where oh it's behind me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh man, it's gonna be that kind of night. And that was just five minute minutes less. into the game.
0: Yeah. And that was their first shot.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Store of the half season though. Like Yeah, exactly.
0: Now it's not all doom and gloom. I did see some bright spots through the game. Uh, I felt that uh, Sean Farrell had a good showing yet again. Uh, he he missed a couple of scoring chances, like the puck bounced over a stick, but he was in the scoring lanes. He was attacking the net. He was back checking well. I mean, he played almost 16 minutes and he did not look out of place. Uh, out of all the Canadians players, uh, the skaters, I'd say Matheson, him, Uh even Suzuki and Baron Yeah. Those guys played well outside of that. There were moments, but just brief moments for everyone else.
1: Yeah. But that's the thing, is like we need to have more than brief moments to succeed. And for the latter part of the season, it's been nothing but failure. You know, like there's a lot obviously there's been a lot of bright spots. You know, the beginning of the year when we had like Suzuki and Caulfield turning heads, being like, Oh shit, this is a dynamic duo. We have to be like weary of you know like and like Caulfield you can cover him in the slot but he'll still find a loose he'll find a way to break loose from you snipe it home and it's always from the same location kind of like Ovechkin you know like you can block Ovechkin as much as you want from his his power play point but he'll still score and that's why he is on the pace to break Gretzky's record is because he knows how to break loose so at the beginning this year we had such high hopes we were actually shocking people about how actually we were doing decent. And then the injury started.
0: Yeah. Um, I think they kind of hit a wall at this point when they've lost literally half of a roster. Um, And I'm looking it up out of the, the players that they have out injured have scored more than 50% of the Canadians' goals all season long. So the the Habs have lost literally half of their offensive potential. And a quarter of that is just Caulfield, who is still, by the way, leading the team in scoring.
1: I know, which is really, like, sad. You know, like, I mean, I remember when yeah. he got injured, he was at 26. Well, he still is at 26. but uh, And then Suzuki, I believe, was at 21.
0: He's at 23 now.
1: You know, like, I I mean, I remember like friends were saying, they're like, oh, do you think he's going to like, you know, beat Coffee?" I was like, get more than like six goals? Yeah. Oh. Well, hold the phone. Hold my beer. Nope. You know, like, now it's even, in, that's even in doubt if he's going to do that. And that's
0: yeah.
1: Or do you like, you have the off years, like, you know, a lot of people, uh, some people have said to me, they're like, do you think Gallagher should be traded? Well, no, I still think he's got a lot of heart in him, but like, He's not the same Gallagher that we're used to. Like, he's not the Gallagher who's putting up 30 plus goals or even 20 plus goals. You know, he went down with his injury and he had four goals. Then he went on a tear. He got three goals in three games. And it was like, ooh, Gallagher's coming back. And now Gallagher is the same. He's showing a leader in the dressing room with his voice and on the bench. But, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know if you like, I mean, they were even talking. I remember they were showing the clips of when they were talking about all these injuries and then they talked to Sam Montenbeau and he says, he's like, well, you know what? If worse comes to worse, I can play forward. And then I was thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 20th joke of a season. If you have your goaltender being not the, like, he's not the backup. He's not the starter, but no, he's, he's their fourth line winger. Because we're so (laughs) depleted." And I was like, has that ever never happened so It kind of reminded me of like the situation in Toronto the other day with their their emergency backup. You heard about this?
0: Yeah. Did
1: you hear tell about our, this? Tell
0: though? our listeners. Yeah, tell, oh, tell okay. them.
1: So the, other day the in story. The, Toronto, the other day in the Toronto game, uh, I believe it was Saturday night, and it was, I know that Matt Murray started the game and got injured. Surprise, surprise. Matt Murray always gets injured. And then Ilya Samsonov went in, but Samsonov is also very injury prone. So they had to call out their emergency backup. So, who is your emergency backup at this moment? Oh, you'd think it's some volunteer firefighter like they always get the Habs to do. No. No, their emergency backup was none other than than Hall of Fame goaltender Curtis Joseph, who has 400-plus wins in his career, who was seen walking around the, the Social Bank Arena, bag in tow, and probably went to the Hall of Fame, got his mask, went back, and was like, all right, ready if you need me. And I was like, wouldn't that be something? Like, it's like, it's, I don't know. It makes me think of the David Ayer situation, but it's like, oh no, your emergency backup was a goaltender who already has many wins. So you'd be like, can I get the 2022, 23 Curtis Joseph card, please? And then there's like those like that gap of his seasons where he didn't play, did not play, did not play, did not play, retired, retired, retired. One game, six minutes, one, five saves on six. Was, sorry That'd
0: be kind of like uh, the Canadians calling up José Teodal, to play a game.
1: I mean, at this point I'd be okay with that.
0: Well, I mean yeah.
1: I mean he's he's still around. <laughs> he's still around Montreal but, all the time.
0: They should be calling up Riche Someone can get, get him in to shoot some pucks.
1: Yeah, I know I think he might be a little too bit uh, to too uh <laughs> Or or that's you Shane get, Corson like, for sure. That's for sure. For sure. I I still remember, like what was it, uh, a few, uh, was it during the pandemic, I think there was a game where uh, Gary Galley made a wrong call on one of the players and he called uh, Gallagher or someone else was the wrong number with Toffoli. Yes, he said Toffoli, but he said Michael Ryder. So I remember that. I went on and I was literally listed the Habs roster with all their right numbers, but all the wrong players. So it's one of my better tweets. I think I had three likes. <laughs> but,
0: uh, oh, it was pretty... It's, it's a clever dig. It's one of those... You really screwed up, so here's how bad you screwed up. But it's not crapping on the guy at the same time.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I could have easily done that. But well, I didn't.
0: Yeah, it's Gary Galley.
1: Exactly. Do you see him around lately? I haven't. But I was... <laughs>
0: Yeah. I try not to.
1: Safe bet. Safe bet.
0: Yeah. Um but back to the game just to kind of tie it all in.
1: Yeah.
0: I it, it kind of feels like the Canadians have now reached that that the end. They're just w- going through the motions at this point. The last two games just kind of point to yeah, let's go out. We'll play the game and then we have got a couple more and we're done. It just feels like they're just going through the motions. I don't think they've quit, but I don't think they have they – they're don't. they not putting the heart into it.
1: No. No, I mean, I think that's evident. You know, I mean, you, you put up 14 shots in a full 60-minute game when some team some team's going to do that in half a period. You know, yeah. like, it just seemed like there was no real effort. Like you said, like, I think they're just, like, going in, getting dressed, saying, yeah, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go, rattle themselves up a little bit. And give themselves a little bit of hype and then afterwards come out of the game put an x on the calendar and just say okay we got uh you know we got detroit on tuesday okay and then just keep going you know like and the thing is that like it's not even they're not even at the point of tanking because this season a lot of people thought they were going to tank to get conor bedard but in reality when they're supposed to be tanking they're supposed to be losing and then they win and you're like "Huh." So, I don't, I personally don't think they're going to get caught in at this point, even. It's, I think it's just like they want to just get the season done with, you know, go on their vacation, go home to visit their families, um, spend quality time just enjoying the Montreal weather. Maybe, I don't know.
0: Maybe, maybe. I mean, there's those few days there in the spring that Montreal's right, and then the rest, eh. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it was beautiful today, and then they're like, tomorrow it's going to rain. So, there you go. Yeah.
0: Exactly. No, but I don't know. It just, it does feel like they've kind of, they're walking through it a little bit. And when it comes to the draft itself, I, I agree with you. It felt like, uh, well, before the season started, myself, Tregg, Matt, we all made predictions and we all had the Canadians falling between like five and 10 in okay. the draft. So we knew they were going to be bad, but we didn't, we felt that they were going to improve over last year. Not by a lot just a little bit, which they, they kind of have. But when you think about it, uh, like, karma-wise, I wouldn't it feel much better for a team like the Canadians or or even the Sharks, you know, teams that didn't purposely tank to win that draft lottery versus teams like Chicago or Arizona who are going out of their way to suck?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I, I would be... Really pissed, and that's put mildly. If Chicago gets it, because I don't think Chicago deserves anything good at this point. Personally, like I mean, yes, I like Jonathan Taves, and that's it. Well, like, like, like honestly, like that's it. I never, you know, I really, I've never been a fan of Patrick Kane. uh you know, Corey Crawford. Sure, he li- he's from where I live now in Chattagee. Cool. He went to high school with my wife. Even cooler, but like. Duncan Keith was fun with his story of the seven broken teeth, but yeah, no, they don't. They honestly do not deserve a first round, first overall pick, Uh, with like all the shit that's gone down with their team and their management and their everything. Forget it, and then like a team like Arizona, they are the biggest joke of a team. They're they are entertaining sometimes to watch for sure, but like when you go out against Seattle last night and they get dropped eight to one like I was looking at the box score it was 4-1 after 2 and I was like oh well this game's a runaway went to bed and woke up as 8-1 I was like you know like and they're playing in a barn that holds 5000 people because it's their university's <laughs> rink yeah but then you're like you brought up San Jose and Montreal well we already talked about Montreal a bunch but like San Jose you know you feel for them because they're a team that is so young so inexperienced they're trying their best to put everything forward. And then you have a guy like Eric Carlson, who's now gonna be 32 at the end of May. Uh 33, sorry, is playing the best hockey of his career right now. Like he is probably, I'd think a lock for the Norris at this point. Look at, well, I mean, that's the thing, is like you look at his stats and like the plus minus, maybe not. But then you look at his offensive numbers and you're just like, oh well, maybe. Anyways, he's putting up yeah, his best yeah. career. Needless to say, with a team that has not been really much giving much support, or if they were supportive, it was like Timo Meyer, and they're like, "Hey, Timo, you're great with us. We're shipping you off to New Jersey. Good luck getting the cup. You might get a better chance there, which you will get a better chance.
0: Much better chance in New Jersey right yeah. now. Much. Boy.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. So, but uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I would love to see one of those two teams win the first round pick. Uh, first overall pick, I keep saying first round. First overall pick.
0: Yeah, and it would feel better like karma-wise. It would just feel like the hockey gods have seen what was going on and said, not today, bitches, and then, here you go. We'll give it to someone who deserves it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially after
0: Chicago trading away Doc. Yeah. Like Oh, yeah. You trade, you trade a 21-year-old center that you picked third overall just a couple years before. Just to make sure you suck,
1: yeah. Oh yeah, and then like to topple that, like then they traded away Patrick Kane, one of their franchise players. They like tra- like the dominoes kept falling for them, and they made sure that they really were terrible this year, and they were. They yeah. have been. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and, and spe- well, speaking of Doc, mm-hmm. the uh, just to go on a tangent uh, P- uh Piotr today mentioned that the Canadians are willing to move the Florida pick in a deal similar to the one they made for Doc, where they find an established younger player that has some runway left to him.
1: Okay. Well, that would be intriguing. It would be. That would be intriguing. You know, I mean, I know that I remember at the trade deadline, there was a lot of talk about Monahan being moved. And he would be a hot piece to move. The thing is, at that point, he was injured and there was like they were kept saying when he got injured, I remember, like they said, always oh, out for two to four weeks. So I thought, OK, well, you know, if they trade him, great, they'll get a hot piece back or even a better pick back. And then those two to four weeks became, well, what we just now know is season ending.
0: Probably it might be career ending at this point when you think about it, both oh, hips yeah. now groin. Uh, who's going to give him a chance? I don't think the Canadians are going to re-sign him. So no. who's left out there to take a chance on him?
1: That's true. And this, the They're thing is, like, stock went from, like, a second-round pick to now it's just like a, uh, what can we get that will just, like, get him off our cap, so to speak?
0: Oh, he, he's just going to walk away as a free agent now. That's yeah. That's essentially it. Now, the good news is they did get a first-round pick just to take him on. So next season... After the draft in twenty twenty four, they have Calgary's pick. Uh, Maybe, depending on the massive list of conditions.
1: Well, hopefully Calgary does really terrible. We can hope.
0: We can all hope, except for you know people in Calgary who probably wouldn't. Yeah, I got a bunch of
1: Calgary and yeah, no, No. just no. (laughs)
0: Um yeah yeah so it really there's there's not a lot left to really dig into on this game. It, it was just painful to watch. I mean, it was like watching a preseason game
1: oh yeah, yeah well yeah so, it, it seemed like it seemed like it was those type of game like I was talking about when they get those young players to try out for the team and just like give them yeah. a good trial run, except for the thing is it wasn't a trial run to say like we'm gonna give you a shot. Because we want to see how you're going to do. It's more like we're going to put you in the game because we don't have anyone else. You know, like, so yes, it's great for the young kids to get their trials, to get their, you know, their feet wet, so to speak. But at the end, it's just just unfortunate that they are thrown into such a situation as this. That they are like thrown into a team that is just not really caring. You know, like you, you were saying about the heart, it's not there. You know, if you're going to play on a team and you're all excited to play your first NHL game and then nothing happens. Like, I felt bad for Sean Farrell. His first game, you know, he, he did nothing. He got one takeaway and that was it. So then his the second game against Florida, boom, his first shot went in the net. I was like, yes, that's one. I even said it on my TikTok. I said... That's one goal for for Farrell. He's only 894 away from being Wingretzky.
0: Well, at this point, I'd just be happy to see him become a regular NHLer. Now, and I know there's going to be all this discussion about you know size on the roster, the balance of size. At this point, I don't care as long as as long as I'm watching a young player do pretty well. You know he's he's showing flashes of what he could become. I'm happy. I mean, there's yeah. only a few games left, so enjoy whatever little hockey there is for the Canadians this season.
1: Absolutely, and you know what? Like as much as size has been a factor in the t- in the past, it still would be a factor because of the fact that you know we don't we need some guy to defend our players, our young, our smaller players. Like yeah. we cannot just depend on one guy. We cannot just depend on our Arbor guy but like it's nice to see these flashes of the speed, the youth that are flashy and fun to watch, you know, Suzuki is fun to watch. Caulfield's fun to watch. So that's, that's what I really enjoy about the game is like the, the passion that they have. So.
0: Yeah. They're showing some promise so that fans can hold on to that. I mean, it is a rebuild. So you're going to see games like this. It's going to happen. Um, i know that Louis has been given this uh, this status as a you know the next hockey guru but he's still a rookie go- a coach as well so we got, we have to give him a little bit of leeway like offensively the team does fairly well when they're going into the offensive zone but defensively they still have work to do clearly uh-huh. and that he'll get that with time he knows the game he'll he'll adjust i, I have no doubt but for now Rookie players, rookie coach, uh, top five pick.
1: Fingers crossed, buddy. Fingers crossed. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. So do you have anything you wanted to bring up? Like you, This is where you plug your TikTok and where you plug everything else. Oh,
1: okay. All right. So you can find me on TikTok. I do a lot of Habs content. I do some challenges once in a while, whether it be stats or gauntlet related. If you don't know what that is, Look at my videos. You'll get the understanding of what it is. It's me acting like a complete fool for about three minutes. <laughs> then, uh, I also do some personal anecdotes. I do some story times related to hockey. Anyways, it's a whole flurry of things. It's kind of fun for me just to do it, just to get out there. So you can find me there at Landsman. So my last name, L-A-N-D-S-M-A-N dot at A-T dot the T-H-E dot rink r-i-n-k so you can find me there on on uh tick tock you can find me on uh twitter though i'm not that active but it is at mtl at the rink all one word and uh yeah otherwise you can find me in quebec vive le quebec i would say i live in montreal but i don't so that's why i don't say i live in montreal i live just outside montreal though i'm from there
0: i'm kind of jealous I do miss. I do miss living out in Quebec. Uh, I'm out here in the Maritimes, which is good, but it's not the same.
1: Well, yeah, at least you probably have better roads than us.
0: <laughs> sure,
1: our roads are terrible, man. Oh,
0: <laughs> I'm not going to make comment of it. Um <laughs> so uh for me I just want to say to everyone thank you for tuning in thank you for listening thank you for sending me all these comments the emails uh ideas uh we're getting to them as quick as we can uh there's going to be a couple of um special episodes coming up we're going to be covering the draft so we're going to have people coming in for that uh Grant McHag is going to be on the show again he's going to over his list which i'm sure is going to piss off a bunch of people um oh uh hattie kalakesh is going to come back to the show he'll cover his list which i'm sure is going to really make a lot of people happy because everyone loves Hadi. um and i've got a couple of uh top 10 prospects coming onto the show to talk to us and discuss their their plans and their career thus far um And if they're American, I definitely will be picking on them for that, you know, go Canada, go. But uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming thanks to all the suggestions that you guys have been sending in. So I want to thank you again for that. I want to thank you for listening. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we.